He's heading for this castle. He just I can't even get to a dragon and then get to him. But then, check this out. Dragon, right? But if I dragon, win. And then dragon. Dragon again. <laughs> and then win. I can get to him this turn. Good. Oh, my God. I'm doing it. <laughs> you want to, all right. Do you want, to, you want the number first? Or yeah, after? give me the number. You want to see what you want to beat? Yeah. yeah. You got this. No problem. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, one. Two. Oh, that stank. Welcome to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we grab our fine tip markers and call all aboard the Rollin' Ride Express in Railroad Inc. Next up, we grab our magnifying glasses and take to the streets full of scofflaws in Micro Macro Crime City. And lastly, we grab our wizard hats and head to the hinterlands to find the One Ring in Quest. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, guys. And Mike Grenier. It's a bingo. Our first game up this week is Railroad, Inc., Designed by Hjalmar Hach and Lorenzo Silva. Published by Horrible Guild in 2018. Number of players 1 to 6, ages 8 and up. Playtime 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us, what's in the inky box? The cover gives me a real blueprint vibe with its hand-drawn apartment and sketched train chugging across a stone bridge it all in soothing shades of blue and a clever combination of sketch and watercolor. Inside the box you'll find six boards and markers, four root dice, two river dice, and two lake dice. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game is on or off peak, Evan, punch our rules ticket. Choo-choo! Railroad Inc. is a roll-and-write game where you are charting the most beneficial highway and railroad systems through your city. The goal is to connect as many exits to each other as possible by drawing routes that can create networks. The more exits you connect to the same network, the more points it'll be worth. At the beginning of each round, the route dice are rolled once. All players use those dice for that round. After the roll, players simultaneously draw the routes rolled on their own boards. Highways and railways, each with straight shots, curves, and T's, make up the possibilities. Overpasses and stations help you get out of tight spots. In addition, each player is given six special routes. Any three of these can be used over the course of the game, and no repeating your special routes, so one and done. You play for seven rounds, and then total up your scores. Did you connect enough exits? Did you have very long routes? Did you utilize the inner boxes of your grid? Did you leave any routes incomplete? Negative points. The highest point total wins and becomes the Rail and Road Ink Baron, complete with stovetop hat and handlebar mustache. You gotta twist it. Twist it. <laughs> Not that all railroad barons are evil, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We don't want to disparage all railroad uh, barons. Please. No, I don't want to be sued by the estate of Smedley from circa 1891. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't get a chance to play with you guys, but you played on uh, Board Game Arena, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. yes, we did. And you played which version, Ed? 
Oh, we played the blue version, the deep blue edition deep on Board blue. Game Arena. They also have cool. the uh, the blazing red edition as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how many editions are there in the hard copy? Uh, there are a couple other ones that more recently came out. Um, there's the the lush green edition and the shining <laughs> yellow edition. There was a. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Board Game Arena had all four of those, but um, I. I recall Board Game Arena having just the blue and the red. Mm-hmm. We chose. Are there any those. differences between them? Uh, the the special dice that come with it are different. I think the root dice are the same, but each one has like a couple of mini expansions in each one. Where uh, each mini expansion includes two extra dice for your rolling. Cool. Wow. Oh, are they differently like laid out dice? Uh, yes. They're like the the one in the deep blue edition has uh. Like, so for example, one to have little rivers on it, so you can have rivers in your um, map as well as the, the, the uh, highways and railroads. Uh-huh, I see. Now, the colors on the box, these red, blue, green, they're very muted, right, as is the art. The actual dice and the little symbol markers are just black and white, mm-hmm. um, and that's like sketchy style black and white, and then... The background of everything kind of has a watercolor feel to it. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. like that watercolor aesthetic. It's subtle. It's, it's, it's soothing. So- and soothing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a roll and write game, huh, guys? Yes. How did it play on Board Game Arena? Uh, fairly well, actually. Pretty, yeah. You have the, the, all the dice there, and you can kind of pick on the, on the screen where you want to use your dice, and it kind of fills it in for you, and, and it auto-calculates your points, which is a big bonus to me. Yeah, the other part of this is that, as I said in the instructions, each player is given the six special routes that they can choose from, which is um, a nice touch to the game because it really does, as I said, get you out of some tight spots. As far as it's playing on Board Game Arena, you have to remember to um, select those and see what lights up and and incorporate that into your strategy as well. So you have to just be careful to not not forget those because I think I forgot about them in maybe the first two two of the seven rounds and i'm like oh man i'm not utilizing the specials i probably should take a look at those mm-hmm. yeah i think waiting a couple turns to get them in there might be good though just to see like how your board is starting to fill out because they are like you said before one shot one use for each one of them yeah but it's like an extra spot you can fill in though too so you're on a miss out mm-hmm. on your potential extras right true true and you can only use each one once ever in the three whole Three out of the yep. six and once ever right. for three. Oh. Yeah, yep. you can't even use all six. Can't right. use them all. <laughs> right. I mean, I thought mm. the game was going to be a little longer than it was, so I might have waited a little too long on some stuff. How long was it? Yeah, it was less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so you guys met the playtime, 20 mm-hmm. to 30 minutes. Yeah, we okay. actually pulled it off, yeah. <laughs> um, which which is kind of surprising since there's a little bit of a robo-rally feel to it where you're like, okay, if I connect this one like this, I'm going to have to turn that one like this to put it in there. So you're kind of like, you know, planning ahead and seeing where your stuff is going to end up at. What's really good is it's just like it would in real life. And, and Board Game Arena allowed for you to do this simultaneously. Yeah, which is right. really nice, yeah. Yeah. That's what helps keep it everything moving. And it's got the rules locking, so no cheating, which mm-hmm. is the biggest risk of everybody goes at once. Oh, yeah, because yeah. well, because you can look back too and be like, "Hey, that didn't connect. We can't, re- you know, rewind <laughs> the game three turns to like fix it." I didn't realize at first that uh, having a road that ends without connecting to somewhere else was going to be 
as much negative points as it was. I was trying to make the mega, you know, route. So I started like in the middle of the board, kind of like, or at least with the intention to go into the middle of the board and work my way across the whole board. Cause you get special extra points for going into that middle square of spaces mm-hmm. and going through that and connecting. That's right. Yep. Yep. You, the more you utilize the center of your board, the more points your routes mm-hmm. will be worth because those are obviously farthest from the exits. The exits are on all the edges of the board, and those squares are all the center squares. So going through there makes your route automatically pretty long. Um, but a lot of the pieces that will help you connect your route to the next part have other exits from them. So it keeps creating these de- these open ends that you can't close. Yeah, you far. don't necessarily want that. It's like, oh, thanks for the straightaway, <laughs> but now I have this cross, and I have two new openings. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Well, sometimes the cross is useful and sometimes yep. it's not. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crosses I feel like are more useful near the edges of the board because then you only have like two spaces to go to connect it back or to make it into a loop or something. Mm-hmm, like that. mm-hmm. That's right. Evan, I heard you guys missed a uh, tile flip rule. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> it was either at the end of the game or after the game, <laughs> mm-hmm. is that uh, you can mirror the mm-hmm. result. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we thought you could only rotate it, basically. Right. right? You roll a die, you got your face oh, looking yeah. at you. Okay, rotate it 90 degrees, 90 degrees, 90 degrees. You, there's a rule in which you can actually mirror it. You can flip it. Yeah. So that's a, that made <laughs> a big difference. <laughs> However yeah. that works. Yeah, the, the person with the worst negatives won still. Hello, because... Courtney Falk. Yes, you can mirror pieces that are different from rotating if you click the little arrow over the top. What? Absolutely. You can mirror pieces that are different from rotating if you click the little arrow over the top. Wait, um, mirror pieces? In other words, like, when it only fits in one direction, but you can flip it? Right, I can... Not just wow. spin it, but actually flip the tile and mirror it? I, I didn't... S- Rematch. <laughs> Absolutely right. It, it opens up basically. It, it, it doubles the amount of options you have basically right. at that point. I mean, yeah. really, we, we hamstrung ourselves with that one. So yeah. <laughs> yep. In the beginning of the game, I like. I felt like, oh, there's so many options here. I'm gonna have no problem. I'll just plan my route out and and be able to do whatever I want because when you roll the dice, you have a lot of choices there. But if Really quickly, you find out that to try to accomplish the thing you're trying to accomplish, you don't have nearly as many choices as it seems. Yeah, early. it can be very tricky. It's <laughs> it, right. This, the mechanics are simple, but mm-hmm. and you and you can have a relatively simple plan going into it, but the results throw your best plans out basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have to work what you got, and I find yeah. big point to trying to make as many connections as possible. So mm-hmm. trying to get everything all connected will uh, get you a good point, but it's tough. It's going to look ugly if you're not careful. It's inevitable? I think so. Uh, unless you get – you're either going to get really low points or a bunch of negative points to counter some of your higher points. Uh, I'd be really lucky to be able to do exactly what you set out to do here. <laughs> this uh, The look of this game really reminded me of making prototypes because the dice – 
look like blank dice that you can buy to make prototypes with and Mm -hmm. they look like hand drawn on them it's really cool it looks hand drawn but it's all screen printed oh yeah sure Mm -hmm. it is yep now ed i heard there's the longest root bonus is it an unbalancing amount i mean i don't know if it's unbalancing but it definitely um a goal to shoot for because you get some bonus points bonus (laughs) points yep it could be a trap if you don't if you try for it and don't get it Right, you have to, have it. to it connect really it. Bad. It can't just be the longest road to nowhere. It has to have to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a big gamble. But worth the risk. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Railroad Inc. Ed? This roll and write offers an interesting and fun puzzle of root building. I like the option to expand the complexity to suit your taste. So I'll dig this up to ink up some scenic routes. Mike? At first glance, this game looked half-hearted, but the charm of the hand drawings and the deceptive amount of strategy won me over, so dig it up. Evan? Railroad Inc. is a very good roll and write. The game leaves you wanting more. I mean, there's only seven rounds. It plays so fast. So try both the blue and the red games, and I choo-choo-choose this game. (laughs) Dig it up. Would you dive into the soothing deep blue? Or will he leave your mark on a blazing red trail? Let us know. We are at Wish Game First. Hey, everybody. We just wanted to take a second to thank our new and old patrons. We really appreciate you guys. And we wanted to tell the rest of you what it means to become a patron of this show. It's just $3 a month, right, guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep that's it. Yep. One, one what break. else can you get with $3 a month? What? Bonus points, exclusive podcast just for you. A ton of bonus points episodes, just more time with us talking about totally random stuff. Yes. Usually game related or adjacent, but not Mm -hmm. always. Not always. No, not always. We delve into culture a little, a little, you know, pop culture, certainly, maybe a little science fiction and, uh, you know, something to do with food. Yeah, maybe one day we'll rant about Star Wars with you. Who knows? Could be. (laughs) 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 And in addition to bonus points, there are actually exclusive episodes, full episodes of which came first from our vintage vaults that only patrons have access to. Some of our best. (laughs) (laughs) True. It's really true. And of course, we appreciate you supporting our show. It does help us get our equipment. Keep our blueberry running, which is actually how you receive this podcast, no matter where you're downloading it from, and every other little thing it costs us to run the show. Thank you so much, patrons. If you want to become a patron, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. Tell your friends, tell your family, we love you. Merci beaucoup. Our next game up this week is Micro Macro Crime City, designed by Johannes Sieg, published by Pegasus Spiel in 2020, number of players 1 to 4, ages 12 and up, playtime 15 to 45 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the black and white box. The cover of the box features the simple black and white sketches of a cute and seemingly content bunny man holding a heart-shaped balloon above the backdrop of a bustling city. If you look a little further down, you see a second image of Mr. Bunny with the telltale X's over his eyes, signaling a significant downgrade to his day. 
Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Inside the box, you'll see one folded paper map of the city, 120 case cards, 16 envelopes, and a very important magnifying glass. Mm. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game kills or is just murder on the eyes, Evan, read us our Miranda rules. <laughs> Micro Macro Crime City is a co-op game set in a city that has been subtly overrun with crime. <laughs> so subtle. <laughs> so, it's subtle. <laughs> Players take on the roles of detectives whose investigative skills are needed to help solve various crimes that have taken place in the city. There are 16 different criminal cases. Each case consists of a deck of case cards. Players will use the large map to try and find the coordinates described by the question on any given card. For example, if a card says, where does Mr. X live? It's up to the team to locate Mr. X on the map and trace his steps back to his apartment building. Once the team agrees on the coordinates, check the back of the card to see if you are correct. The back of the card will have the picture of Mr. X's apartment identical to that on the map, and that's how you'll know if you were correct. If by chance the team is wrong, the lead investigator of the case, who has seen the answer on the card, obviously, then cannot help with that part of the case any longer. So it's back to the drawing board for everyone else. Solve one case, solve all 16 cases, but whatever you do, as we said, be sure to bring your magnifying glass. You <laughs> are going to need it. Mm -hmm. Seriously, this game definitely B-Y-O-M-G. Oh, you could yeah. definitely use extra magnifying glasses in this game. <laughs> or an extra, extra large map. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. I mean, it's pretty large already. It, it is. is large. Boy, it took up, boy, that's like a, I don't know, six by eight map or something. It was pretty, if not pretty close it's to huge. that. It's yeah, it's huge. dinner table sized. Yeah. Yep. And it's amazing how much detail is on it. Oh, it is incredible. The drawings are really simple, but somehow they convey a lot of emotion and a lot of like expression on every, every character's face. Right. And when we say 16 crimes are on this map, it's not just crime scenes. It's the entire trajectory of the narrative mm -hmm. of the crime. Right. So you are tracing that crime all over the city in pictures. That's right. And each and they're interwoven into each other. So you'll you're obviously looking at you're trying to solve one crime. You can't be distracted by other things that are going on around you, not related <laughs> to your crime. And there's all kinds of things going on around you. <laughs> yeah. This is a bustling city full of weird occurrences. Right. It's interesting because it does make you feel like sometimes you are following a false lead, which can happen mm -hmm. yep. to detectives. Yeah. So it was very cool and clever in that way. And I was amazed by how much you were able to actually follow the little people. I mean, there's, there's thousands of little people on this map. But you can say, oh, there's Mr. Bunny. Up, up, there he is going over there. Yep. Yeah, there's Mr. Bunny with flowers. But wait a minute. This is before he got the flowers over here. Or, you know, somebody mm -hmm. else has the box he was carrying over there. Like you, it's kind of interesting that you're, you're solving a crime, but you're kind of solving it in reverse. <laughs> you're starting well, as the... they would, right? As a detective would. Here's the mm -hmm. dead body. Now mm -hmm. backtrack it. Tell, right. This map tells the entire story for 16 crimes. Mm -hmm. And the questions put you in specific parts along the way in that story. And you do work backwards to be able mm -hmm. to, to figure out 
first to answer the questions and make sure you get your coordinates correct. It's it's so clever. Yeah, it's totally a new way of thinking for me, but I really enjoyed feeling like a detective. <laughs> I don't know. One of you got promoted by me. <laughs> oh, you promoted me. <laughs> I did, but then I... Yeah, but honestly, Evan, I, I think eventually I had to send you uh, for psyche Val because you were so traumatized mm-hmm. and upset by that one crime. Oh right? my gosh, I've <laughs> yeah. never reacted. I've never had a reaction like that. Not that I can recall in a no, board game. No, do you guys before. have you guys ever seen him so angry? No, <laughs> he was pretty upset. The yeah, story yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, we see the suitcase filled with diamonds. The Those suitcase happens. was obviously the target for the killer you because get a suitcase. no, no briefcase at the crime scene. No, there's not. Right. Just a body uh, and a knife. Where did the killer find out about the diamond? Oh, yeah. Okay. Shit. So right. the killer is somewhere over here. He must have seen it. Maybe the girl told him. Let's track the girl. And see. There's Mr. Cat and his girl holding his ice cream. What, she what? takes the flowers she right here. She waves. Let's follow her. After she says that's goodbye, it. That's the cat. It. Yeah, where is she? Where'd she go? She's going this direction. Yeah. Do you think she set him up? That's what I She think. might have. <gasps> That's my oh, fear. How cruel. She's like a black widow. Oh, you have diamonds? Cool. Bye, sweetie. Bye, Bye baby. Let me go tell the guy who was going to rob you. See if there's a mask shop around there Is that somewhere. her? She threw the flowers out. She threw the flowers. Oh, you witch. <laughs> you cold. You cold witch. <laughs> that left me spitting mad that, 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 that this could happen in, in a game. And I was beside myself. <laughs> and I, such a nice guy. <laughs> he seemed oh, like a nice guy. heartbreaking to see that story <laughs> unfold. You know what's coming. It's like, right. uh-huh. and, and really brilliant. Really brilliant that it's all done in pictures. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. And without yeah. colors. I mean, the amount yeah. of story and, and flavor you get with just line art. And micro mm-hmm. line art is it's astounding. And it's amazing how... There's so many stories woven into this, but while you're looking at your story, you you are able to kind of see your story only. I mean, it should be super distracting, but you get really focused, and, I, mm-hmm. and I, it's really cool. Yeah, and once in a while you go off track, but mm-hmm. that's what happens sometimes, right? With a detective following a story. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, this is a red herring, you know, and <laughs> it takes you a while mm-hmm. to figure it out. Plus, there's uh, the character that you're following for that story or the characters appear on several places on the map so you could accidentally get ahead of yourself Mm -hmm. and and see Mm -hmm. them somewhere else Uh, so you have to be careful that it's you know all the conditions are being met for what you're looking for but then you know again i do feel that that bumps into a detective could end up with information that's sort of out of sequence and they have to put it back into sequence Mm -hmm, later mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what makes this a great party game is the fact that it's a real quick start. Mm -hmm. You can jump right into the first crime. It tells you the location of the map you're going to begin on and then the person you're looking for. And they give you a little picture of the person. So you're right out of the game. Oh, it's a wonderful little tutorial, that opening opening crime scene. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Gets you going. And each setup after that, too, is once you put all 16 crime sets in each of their separate envelopes, you can just grab an envelope and play. You're good. Unfold the map, grab an envelope, and get to it. And I like that there are different difficulty levels there. So it's like, all right, we just did a zero star and a one star. Maybe we turn it up there now. We're going up to three, maybe. Uh, Slow down there. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they do. you can feel the difference in the difficulties, too, because there's a lot more to think about in each of the cases that are higher level. Makes me want to try a five. 
see what that does. I totally, what? totally. Let, oh, come yeah. on over Friday night. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, we didn't get through all the crimes. So there's plenty more to explore in this world. The first set comes with what sixteen different ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixteen. 16 different cases. There's actually some bonus cases online that, that you can download. Awesome. <laughs> and then coming soon, of course, is Micro Macro Crime City Two. Ooh. Which is going to be another 16 cases. A full-size map that joins up with this and expands the city oh. to be... What? Oh, Where brilliant. do you put that? So smart. <laughs> oh, wow. It's one of the few games where I can really see playing by yourself would be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You could solo this. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Many games that run solos, I'm like, nah, that would be boring. But let's face it. I mean, this, this is a great co-op. I mean, yeah. the, you know, we yeah, all got we all got into it. We were laughing. We were mm-hmm. producing together. There wasn't a wasted moment by anyone. It was really great. It's actually really cool to see other people playing it too, because they're like clustered around this black and white map. Yeah, it was. I mean, we brought that to uh, the party the other day, and it was fun seeing other people solving the crime with, uh, that we already did. Oh, cool. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Micro Macro Crime City. Evan? Micro Macro Crime City is an outstanding co-op. This is the best co-op I've played this year so far. That map is awesome. It is great fun to decipher the clues. It is so well designed. Dig it way up. Ed? I didn't expect to have this much fun with a weird Waldo type of game. But now I know why everybody, including the Spiel of the Jars, is digging this award-winning game up. And I will join them and solve more crime. (laughs) (laughs) Mike? When I first saw this thing, kind of like what Ed said, I I thought it was a cheap black and white knockoff of Where's Waldo. But it (laughs) utterly impressed me. The stories were cleverly woven together, and the cooperative aspect of this game made it fun for literally any mix of gamers. So I say dig this up. Uh, it bears mentioning that there are three artists, including the designer, Johannes Seek, listed on the box. Daniel Gull, Tobias Yoshinke, and Johannes Seek. I mean, totally worth a mention here. And the innovation alone is worth the box price. But there are hours of interesting looks at this map. If nothing else, it's a really fun, interactive way to enjoy a piece of art. Absolutely dig it up. What was your favorite twist in the game story? Let us know. We are at Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and the Instagram. Our last game up this week is Quest, designed by Kurt Feyerabend and Tom Ring, published by Ravensburger in 1984. Number of players, 3 to 6, ages 12 and up, playtime, 50 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the epic box? The cover of this box features an old-timey, fire-breathing dragon beneath an ancient scroll with the word Quest revealed as it unfurls. Inside the box, we find a board, six playing pieces, 18 talisman, four coats of the Forgotten Ones, a ring, 16 obstacles, 24 dragon cards, 234 city seals, and a single six-sided die. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this quest is worthy of your inner Galahad, Evan, unscroll the rules! <laughs> Fairly well, my lady. 
Quest describes itself as a, quote, family game of knights in search for the magical ring in the age of myths, unquote. I thought they were wizards. Well, the pointy, the pointy hats look like wizards, I guess. Right. What are these knights wearing pointy hats? We'll, we'll get to the components because <laughs> I got a few things to say about that in a second. <laughs> There is one ring, and it is the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> players try to grab the ring and race to their opponent's castles with it. The other players are all trying to stop that from happening, obviously. But there are other obstacles on the board besides the players. Well, such as fire-breathing dragons and stone pillars which can subtly appear or move. The ring is always active on the board. It is always capturable from other players, and the ring bearer can also lose it in a fight against dragons. Be the first knight to successfully carry the ring to the three opposing castles and declare yourself Questmeister and hope the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien doesn't sue you for featuring a magic ring so prominently in a medieval fantasy-themed setting. (laughs) (laughs) So, Evan, where did you get this box? Oh, I bought this game used, and I bought it at (laughs) Etsy, and it was great, and it arrived, and we unboxed it, and then eventually I opened it <laughs> to read the rules about it, and the rule book was there, but it was missing pieces. And it was missing pieces. Uh-huh. Boo. Yeah. The ring, it was missing. Yeah. Yeah. So. The one ring? What? Specifically the ring. I didn't even realize that it needed to come with a ring right. until Evan pointed it out later. <laughs> we were using a black cap. A po- one of the black pointy caps yeah. as the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is super lame. Yeah. And then about halfway through the game, I'm totally distracted. I wasn't even paying attention to the game. And halfway <laughs> through the game, I'm like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a ring? <laughs> and, and I'm like, Evan's like, I have a ring. And I'm like, well, go get the ring. <laughs> and Evan produces, what did you produce, Evan? The one ring, the ring of Sauron, <laughs> forged by the Dark Lord in the depths of Mordor. <laughs> Mordor. <laughs> it made me want to get it more than the black cap, that's for sure. That's yeah. true. Motivated. Yeah. It became a real MacGuffin then. So in a sense, <laughs> uh, with Celeste's uh, coaxing, I, I saved the game. <laughs> it completely changed the stakes it of the did. game. It <laughs> did. It did, because when you were grabbing the ring, you were loft, you were hand, you know, in your hand all lofting it high, oh, with the background noise and everything. Yeah, you got to float it onto your your um, cone and it dropped on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, You're nothing next. I can do about the cones. That's the game. <laughs> it's on a tensor's floating disc. <laughs> oh my God. like, we got to hurry this game up. And now she's floating the ring around the floor. Yeah, but now I got props. <laughs> <laughs> the ring changed everything. It did. I can't believe I had to bail this game out with my own prop. Oh my god. (laughs) It almost made the extraordinarily lame names of the kingdoms. Oh my god. Sufferable. It's the kingdom of Gran. G-R-A-N, I think, because that's in the middle of the board. Um, Can I read the names? Yeah, go for it. These are the kingdoms. Yeah, the names of the kingdoms. See if you can feel something for each of these kingdoms that separates them from one another. Here we go. Galad, Urgad, Elgad, and Tirad. 
<laughs> it's like they were only given seven letters and told to make all four kids. Right. What they, they, they had a game of Scrabble set up and they grabbed a handful of tiles, threw it out there and moved them around and came up with four names based on that. Oh, man. Yeah, it was sad. They could have at least named them something that matched the color they come from or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And of oh. course, the board itself is like graphically equivalent of Qbert. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's true. It, that made me think of Qbert. That's kind. Yeah, there's like four <laughs> mini Qbert boards, which are basically your castles that you're coming down from. And then there's the field, which is just this gray X across the middle that you have to kind of cross over to get to the other kingdoms. But it took us some time to figure out what the points are, where you place things. They're mm-hmm. at the intersections of each of, of the squares. So not every line, not where every line intersects is necessarily right. a point. You have to look for the dots themselves. So that was kind of weird. It was. And you can place blockades and you can try and set it up so people are trapped or right. must fight their way out. Mm-hmm. This place is infested with dragons. Every kingdom has five <laughs> dragons in it. <laughs> like, man. Actually, that's not true. Some of them only have four. And wait. Oh, well, that's one only weird. Had three. One Actually, three. now I'm looking three, four, four, five. I'm not sure why they set it up that way. Yeah, but, but definitely... also some have more obstacles. You know, those obelisks that are there. So the one with three dragons has more obelisks than the other ones. So I think in the total count, it's probably about equal. Some have their castle right in the middle of the board, and while others have their castle way, way in the corner. Mm. Yeah, and this is a race game. Like, you have to get to these places. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. It definitely slows you down unless you're willing to do what Celeste did. Super risky move of just fighting dragons for extra movement. <laughs> that's right. Defeat. Yeah. Defeat the dragon. Go again. I like it. Was a good, that's a good strategy. Or yeah. if you lose, you lose a turn. So Well, yeah. And you drop the ring. And, <laughs> and you drop it. Yeah, it's bad. So what do we have to do to <laughs> beat the dragon again? You have to roll dice. Yeah. So no, there's like, well, sort of. You roll the die against the dragon who draws a card that has a number on it. Mm. Right. So you, the, the dragon draws a card with a picture of a die and the number <laughs> on the picture of the die. Why? Kind of weird. They could just put a number. <laughs> Why not just have somebody roll for the dragon? It's like the card guild came in and said, you have to have cards in this game or else you can't release your game. So come well, up with a way to make cards happen. So I've prototyped games similar to this before. It's like as you're asking the question, why use a card instead of a die? If you use cards and you know what the deck is composed of, then you can you can kind of change the odds depending on what you know is left. Right. It's less. It's a little less random. Yeah. Little right. and also, tiny. Probably the composition of the deck is not exactly equivalent to the composition of a die. Ties win, and there's no sixes in the deck. In the deck. Yeah. So, yeah, there is. No, the deck only has up to five in it. Well, who knows if we were playing with a full deck because I was missing pieces. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, because I'm looking at a picture right now and it clearly has a six on that die. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see yeah. any. I guess we just got lucky. But wait, some of the cards have zero. That's which right. Which cannot be on a die. But you win on ties. Why have a zero? <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> it made no sense. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, 
or yeah. or it's a it's a it's a uh, what do you call it an Easter egg and uh, a misprint, <laughs> right. you know, kind of like the upside down stamp plane thing, and it's worth a million dollars. Evan, mm-hmm. it was it's for future expansions of the game. They wanted to use the zero for something, or they give you a negative rolls or something like. Or that. even mm-hmm. better, I missed a rule which said for that one card, you're allowed to draw in as many pips as you want on that card. <laughs> so it could be a twelve. You get a magic marker and just uh, yeah, seven. Why would you do that? It's your turn. You don't. Want it that. is really hard mm-hmm. to get the ring, keep the ring, and get back to where you need to be. Impossible. Well, because it becomes three on one. I mean, y- yes, and you're right. So I-, I think eventually, if you if you can stand playing this game long enough, because 50 minutes is a long time to play this game. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. It may balance out that way as it, after several times playing it, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not that curious. <laughs> this, this game would go on for a long time trying to have each person get to all three other kingdoms. I know it's a game of tag, basically, is what it is. Yeah. One of the tricks, though, is when you have the ring, you can move through the dragon without having to fight it. It doesn't yes, you stop can. your movement. Yeah. So and barriers too. No, the ring is legitimately powerful. Yeah. It is cool that the ring is not just a MacGuffin. It does give you, you know, Tesseract level abilities. <laughs> These guys. So we tried to do something to see what would happen if somebody got fully trapped inside of a circle of barricades. Because when you land on a certain space, you can place a barricade on the board. So they try to trap me in, not realizing that when I grabbed the ring, I could just hop out. And then yeah. nobody could <laughs> chase me through it because I had the ring and they barricaded themselves out of it. Curses. <laughs> I was like, sure, see what happens when you fully trap me in. Let's find out. (laughs) Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Quest. Evan? Quest has all the themes and trappings of a decent medieval board game adventure, and I think that's being nice. But the gameplay falls short and becomes pretty boring pretty quickly. I'm going to leave this quest unfulfilled. Bury it. Mike? There were definitely some choices to be made in the game, but it was already getting stale early on in the game. (laughs) Pair that with the fact that this game could go on for hours and hours without a winner, and uh, that's enough for me to bury it. Ed? It was interesting for a little while, trying to puzzle (laughs) out a way to trap your friend, beat them up, and steal their stuff. All for my precious! (laughs) (laughs) I might not mind giving this another try, but I'm not that interested, so I'll have to bury the MacGuffin. (laughs) Better than most from the era, which is not saying much. Uh, Not hideous to look at. You know, not great, but not hideous. But not a quest I would go on again. Throw this one back in the lake. Splash. Would you gather your knights to bring them one ring to Camelot? Or is this quest crossing too many fantasy streams? Let <laughs> us know. We are at Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you. We are at Which Game First on the social medias, as Ed says. (laughs) And if you get a chance, please leave us a like, a rating, or a review. If you'd like more content from us, go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. We love you, patrons. You'll get our exclusive patron-only podcast. Bonus points. Bonus points. Happy gaming, explorers! Whoist shall joineth me in mine quest. I've been inking up the railroad <laughs> all the live long day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Good day, sir. I say good day. I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs>